Incoming hostiles. Welcome to Wear Gaming Weekly for the week of July 30th, 2019. My name is Nick, and again, across the world from me is my brother Josh. Say hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. How are you doing? I am doing well. Nice, hot, dry times over here in the uh, Kentucky area. In the Kentucky, yeah. Uh, it's nice, hot, dry in the California area as well. I got so to hop into saying a it's pool. A, it's an unusually dry uh, July even though this year has been unusually wet. July has been dry. Though it actually did rain last week, and it freaked me out. Uh, because, as, I mean, obviously oh. I know what rain is, but I'm sitting in my room, and I'm just hearing this like pitter-patter. I'm like, what is happening? And then at first I hear it outside the window, and then I hear it on the roof. <laughs> and I'm like, is somebody here? Like, what is going on? And then I look outside, and it wasn't until I looked at the pool in the backyard and I was like, oh, it's raining. I didn't realize it hadn't rained in a month or two. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like, that's what rain sounds like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Has it earthquaked? Uh, it, uh, not since uh, our like sec the two. It's been like it's been like three weeks since okay. the first week of July. Um, it hasn't really earthquaked. It, I get little notifications saying there's been like a, a 3.2 or a 2.8. But I don't feel those. Yeah, we actually had one uh, a couple of weeks ago as well. Uh, just a like in the Kentucky Tennessee fault, there was there was a small one. But did did you feel it? No, no. It, no one in Louisville felt it. I think I think if you were in the uh, southern part of the state, but you could feel it. Well, nope. Uh, no, things have been good. I finally got a job, which is great. Oh, I was meaning to it. tell you how how proud I am of you. You finally made it. You've you've traveled across the country. You're living in L.A. and you're now a coffee barista. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. Now. Thank you. Now I leave, really hard. Now leave the cardigans and and the monocles at home. No, no hipster. I don't, like I don't know many many uh, baristas who wear monocles. <laughs> I feel like that would be a very hard thing to do. <laughs> um, I do know a few people who wear cardigans, but I didn't bring mine with me, so I can't. Right. Uh, so I'll just be left with. But you know, I love coffee. But I have a feeling I might hate it. Yeah. After this, so the thing is, and I didn't tell. Actually, I might have told this to the interviewer. Like. I'm probably going to suck at this job um, because I'm not good at multitasking. And then they told me I'm not great at multitasking. And then they told me that there's no writing down of orders or anything like that. Like if you go to Starbucks, you know, they'll write down you mm-hmm. know, very large iced coffee with heavy cream through pumps of classic. That's my order. If someone orders something like that, I'm supposed to have it memorized. 
And if there's like three, if I get three people in line, I'm supposed to remember them all and all the intricate details. And maybe it'll be fine. You know, theater will help me with that. But well, maybe it's just like coffee, coffee, cream and coffee, cream and sugar. I mean, if that's if that's what it is, then fine. Mm-hmm. But then I can also see myself being like, um, okay, you coffee cream, no, you coffee cream and sugar. You're good enough. I'm sure I'll have plenty of time to prep, yeah. and learn. But I'm just finally glad to have some sort of stability. Yeah. If you didn't know, uh, Where Gaming Weekly posts every Wednesday on YouTube.com and on podcast services. You can find out more about us at WhereGaming.com, and in the coming weeks, we'll be streaming games live at Twitch.tv/WhereGaming underscore. You can write into us at weekly at wearegaming.com to be heard on the show. And you can tweet to us at wearegaming underscore. This week, we have Grand Theft Auto. We have some Death Stranding stuff, uh, CD Projekt Red stuff, and Doom stuff. So let's get right in to the who, what, and the where. Starting with Grand Theft Auto Five updates adds a casino that can be played with real money. Dun-dun. This is from Rebecca Valentine at GamesIndustry.biz. Grand Theft Auto V's latest update, the Diamond Casino and Resort, adds the titular casino to its fictional Los Santos, but lets players use real money to play its games. The BBC reports that the casino's chips can be purchased with in-game currency at a dollar to one chip ratio. GTA V's money can either be earned in-game or purchased with real-world money at a rate of $500,000 in GTA currency and it, for ten dollars, for ten US dollars, so ten dollars gets you five hundred thousand dollars in GTA. In addition, the casino only allows players to purchase fifty thousand dollars worth of chips per in-game day or real-world world hour. Oh, okay. So once an hour in real life. Okay. I don't know why would I mean I'm not necessarily I'm sure that's how it was phrased to them too, to uh, Rebecca Valentine or something, but it's it's. It's like once per day or an hour. Like just say once an hour. Uh, No GTA money or chips can be cashed out for real world currency, which is notable, especially in light of the fact that earlier this week, British MPs declared that FIFA's in-game player packs and loot boxes were not gambling because there's no legitimate way to monetize their virtual contents after purchase. Instead, that money can be used to purchase other in-game items such as cars, weapons, and appearance changing items. However, not every country sees it this way, as a number of countries have blocked the gambling minigames in GTA V. This happened similarly in another Rockstar title recently, Red Dead Redemption 2. Unlike GTA V, Red Dead Redemption 2 notably does not allow players to use real money to purchase its special gambling currency. So, I only found out about this and only, and I'm sure this is a little bit of older news. I had no idea that there was a new update coming, so I never saw a press release about that. All I saw was people on different Facebook groups and Reddit forums being like, how crappy is this? Mm. And so uh, let's let's hear your take, Josh. Sure. Uh, one thing I found frustrating was pulling up articles for this was it felt like no one had the full story. It was like all these stories came out as soon as this happened and they didn't have all, all the uh, facts about it. Now, this one does say, in addition, the casino only allows players to purchase 50,000 uh, GTA dollars worth of chips per in-game day, which I had heard was per day, so that's a little different. But that's to keep you from like spending all your money on chips. The thing is, even with the article's headline, it's it's a little bit misleading. But again, they said you can't actually pull money out of this, so you're not pl- you're not like going to a casino in the game and like 
playing real casino. You're you can buy shark cards for GTA. That's separate of the casino. You could just buy those shark cards, and then you can use some of that money to purchase chips. You can only purchase a certain amount and within a certain amount of time, and you can't like win a whole bunch and then take that money out of the game. So, but you can use that money to buy like other things in the game, which would be worth real world money in a way, uh, theoretically. If you were just to spend that much on shark cards for the game. And so, so, like, to me, when I've seen people complain about this, this is like, you know, the epitome of microtransactions, whatever. And, you know, what I understood it to be, and I, I'm probably wrong on this, was that you would just, like, you know, you go into this casino, it pops up, and maybe you put your credit card information, or, or your credit card information is already on your PlayStation or your Xbox or whatever, and you just hit a buy button. And you buy the chips directly with your money. I didn't know it was you buy the shark cards to buy the chips to buy the thing. And then, and mm. see, even if you had to put, even if it was putting your own money in, uh, like the way I thought it was, like it, it doesn't, neither of these things bother me because. Well, well, uh, sorry, go ahead. Well, because in my mind, it's not really different than buying shark cards. It's not real different than spending your money that way. Uh, and so now you're turning the $10 you spent or however much you can spend per hour of real world money into more money to buy your things. Sure. I know I'm not a person who would do any of that. Well, there's a couple things here. There's the there's the slippery slope argument like, okay, this doesn't allow you to do a whole lot of money at once, but you could potentially just be addicted to the gambling in the game and keep pouring money into it. If it was... More like you were thinking, where I'm literally putting money into it and getting nothing out of it, and I sp- I, p- I spend a hundred dollars a day in there, and I put it into the casino, and I lose that. Well, I'm getting literally nothing out of this because it's it's gambling. So if if there's no well, I get, I get uh, barriers. If there's no safeguards from you putting your money in there, then. Th- that could look very well. Y- yeah. So, like, if you're valuing U.S. dollars or re- just real world currency, and thinking that the return of putting real world world currency into something should be real world currency, then yes, this is not that. But I think the expectation should be this is just buying another thing to have fun in the game. I'm already having fun in now. Yes. Yeah. If someone goes, but this is just it's star citizen argument. It's the all of the microtransaction argument is like, if I'm the kind of person who is deliberately going in and spending all this money, maybe that is a problem. But in this particular case, I mean, I don't know if the G- if putting a casino in a game was a any, it was a good idea, in the way that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I don't know, I mean, if you so if you think about in like in Red Dead, you you have your chips or you you buy in, or you play. It's not a casino, sure, but you you buy in and you get money back. If you win, and I don't know if you can buy like Red Dead money. Uh, it, it says you cannot. Oh, okay. You you, you can't spend real world money to get chips to play the game. Oh, okay. and, and again, like we're saying, if you go to this casino and I put fifteen dollars into this and I lose it all, I'm not getting it. It's not like oh, okay. I, I can get something so, out of okay, it. Okay, that's a perspective I didn't really think about. Is that you could lose, like I mean, I mean that's, that's that's it's not it's, like yes, okay. I didn't really think about. Yeah. it. I mean, obviously, 
and it's it's not like like just buying shark cards or I can go buy end game stuff. I'm just sp- using that money to turn it into chips to maybe and get then something. I'm playing back. with, the, and then I'm playing going to the casino, and then I lose all those chips. I've lost that okay, money. Okay, that is for some reason it never clicked in my head that part. Uh, sure, and it, it and I think the thing is either they shouldn't have. Now, I mean, they're like, as long as it's not gambling and they're not breaking any laws, th- I don't have a problem really with this update. I think there's safeguards in place. Maybe if it's only 50,000, let's see, if it's 50,000 GTA dollars an hour. Is that like a dollar and, an hour or something like that? Let's see, if, if 500,000 is $10, then yeah, it's probably about a dollar an hour. That means at most you can spend $25 a day. $24 a day mm-hmm. on these chips that you might lose. Maybe there should be a, a higher threshold or a lower threshold, but that's neither here nor there. The, the other thing is, I don't think there's multiple currency types in GTA. It's just, it's just GTA cash. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I can just um, buy gems like in a, in a, in a mobile game where you have, you have one currency that's, you know, what you normally would pick yeah. up, and then there's like the gems that you can actually spend money on. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's not those multiple levels of currency. So, hey, for some reason, I mean, I don't, I don't, for some, sorry, for some reason, it just clicked in my head why this is a problem. Because in my head, it it it's the whole the return thing. Um, I I think because. I think I was probably thinking about that in a way just because I'm just imagining it like you going in, spending your money and buying this car. It's like just buying this car you have it. or going in and playing, uh, going to an arcade in the game or something. You, you, mm-hmm. The money that you spent in real life on this shark card you spent on a card or on this going to the movies in the, in the game or whatever. I, I, but I didn't really think about the fact that you can lose this money and never get it back. Now I can see why yeah. this is problematic. So then I guess the follow-up would have to be, what can they guarantee you? Like you'll get, it's just, there, there's at this point now, there's no kind of going back because even if you earn less than you spent, I don't know. I'm, I'm having a hard time. I, I don't know what they sure. can do about this other than just not do it. Well, I mean, they could just turn off the purchasing of ch- chips. Oh, you could yeah. still. I mean, you, you, it said uh, you get a daily stipend every day. You go to this casino of chips, so you go in and you get a certain amount every day. Mm. And if they made it a way that you could earn it, maybe doing missions for the casino manager or whoever. I don't know how how it works, but if you could earn those chips to use in the game, yeah. I think that would alleviate some of the tensions here. I think it's just it's just that fact that you can spend money in the game for it to do nothing because you lost it and it's gone. And I think that people are worried that it preys upon gambling addicts and creates gambling addicts. Sure. And especially, you know, when there's there's no actual reward. Yeah. And then it just like all this money literally only goes to the developer. Right. <laughs> Like it only goes and to, like okay. Rockstar. That's interesting. And like Rockstar needs I'm, to raise more money, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I am interested. I would be interested to play it to like see what it's like for a player. Since I don't do GTA Online, I don't do anything like that. It, it this just doesn't pique my interest. But if if someone who's in on it 
who who really gets the world and how it works and if they like this aspect of it i'd be interested to hear them their perspective yeah. uh because i don't want to jump down its throat if people if people don't think it's a problem like i started this yeah as but again i mean i think i think the line really is are you paying for cards and then paying for this or are you paying for this i think that would be the line to make it better or worse yeah. And it's not allowed like to allocate that money anywhere. You you don't have to buy these coins and you can't buy a ton of these coins to go lose it all. Because what what would be the value of doing that when you can actually just go and buy what you're trying to you know, what you're trying to earn mm-hmm. for a less mm-hmm. amount. So I think I think with with the option to go buy these things, if you spend enough money, will help prevent people over abusing the casino. I think the casino will entice people to spend a little bit more to get these chips and to try to get to the high high numbers, but less likely to spend a ton of money on it because they could just go buy the thing that they were wanting to buy. That is unless they have like casino exclusive things like oh and That's, then like yeah. you can and get this car. It's a whole thing. Let's move on. Uh because sure. we can talk about this forever, but I think it's interesting. And again, I would like to talk to someone who is in it uh, and see how it affects them. And also who knows the game. Like kind of like if something like yeah. this were to happen in Destiny, I feel like we'd be having yeah. a better conversation about it. So yeah. it's different than loot boxes, though, because loot boxes is that, you know, they're talking about, you know, whether loot boxes are gambling. But with loot boxes, you're guaranteed something mm-hmm. when you buy them, whether, whether or not it's something you want or already have is regardless, you you put your money in and you get set items in return. Right. Whereas with this, you can put money in and get nothing. Right. Okay. Next story. Ne- next story is uh, CD Projekt Red promises no disrespect in religious themed Cyberpunk 2077 quests. This is uh, James Batchelor from GamesIndustry.biz as well. Uh, CD Projekt Red has addressed the confusion that stemmed from the mistranslated comments about the role of religion in Cyberpunk 2077. Reports have recently been spreading about an interview in which the game's quest director, Mateus Tomaskowitz, said the developer, quote, will not avoid any subject, even if they may offend the sensitivity of some. This was uh, taken from a discussion about whether religion would be covered in the upcoming sci-fi RPG, but the interview was originally published in Polish and translated into English by NeoGAF users. CD Projekt Red has since issued a more accurate translation to IGN. When asked if religion exists in the world of Cyberpunk 2077, Tomaskowitz said, Yes, and in many forms. As I mentioned, our vision is somehow based on the real world, and religion is a very important part of the latter, society-wise. Quote, In our... In our game, we're going to see, for example, Christianity and its different branches or religions from the East. (laughs) The interviewer observed that this could be potentially controversial. What would happen if players enter enter a church and cause havoc? Uh, Quote, we do not want to avoid religion as a topic. Authenticity of the world is what counts for us, said Tomaskowitz. Technically, the situation you mentioned is possible, but this is all about the choices made by the player. We won't encourage the players to do so. In our quest, which involve religious themes, we make sure there is no disrespect. Cool. So. Yeah, I mean, as this game is more and more on my radar of one that I want to play, um, I just thought, you know, I, I oftentimes talk about if, if, if things are allowed to be political or controversial. And so I, I wanted to include the story because of that. Specifically, you know, the idea that 
what are they allowed to do? And I think what's also interesting is that what they clarified was the tone of their response. This one guy says, yeah, we don't. I mean, in so many terms, he's like, we're going to do whatever we want. And even if it offends somebody, but it's but I think what they're trying to say is like, we're going to include the stuff and it may offend you. But it's all about how you interact with the game and something. So if I go in and start shooting yeah. up a church in this game, that's a problem. Uh, or, well, I mean, that's where the controversy lies in. But it's also how you choose to play. You know, I, I, I can't even think about if there's a church in GTA. But you can't try to create a real world without including religion of some sort. Mm. If you wanted to be as accurate as possible. So it makes sense that they would allow this. Ha- they don't want to guide you one way or the other they want to allow you to live the story so i mean i wonder if it just means like the game itself is not trying to say that whatever religion that this is talking about is bad or good or something like this i think this is just it's just laying it out for someone else to Hmm. explore and clearly something a a a work that's going to involve uh, topics that are going to be in cyberpunk would affect the christian christianity or mm-hmm. islam or you talk about body modifications right. and <clears throat> and what's yeah. allowed so it makes sense that there would be controversy within the church or a church or a religion involved with these the body modifications and the moral choices that you may or may not have to make and things like that i don't know. i want to i want to be as like like specific as saying like do whatever you want with what you're making and not be afraid of controversy i don't know if that's realistic but see i'd say that and then tomorrow i'd be like well i don't approve of that 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 shouldn't have been in there so i don't know i think i think they're doing the best they can with sure what they got so um and i'm interested I'm, I'm, to... yeah i was gonna, i was about to say the same thing <laughs> well, I mean, as as religious or, you know, we have religious background, Christian background. Uh, yeah. I'd be interested to see how it will be for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just uh, interested to see how the game pans out, really. <laughs> yeah, curious. me too. Um, so. Oh, yeah. There's there someone in our family, someone we know that was talking about a TV show that was very blasphemous. Uh, oh, Lucifer. They were talking about Lucifer. And they were telling me like how blasphemous and bad the show was. And the only thought I had was like, you're going to go into a show, obviously like a comedy not to be taken seriously program called Lucifer, called Lucifer, and then get mad about it. I don't know if they were mad. They were just like, they were telling me like all the incredulous things that were happening and like this was that and this was that. And I was like, what did you go and expect? Like, I don't go and watch a, a TV show like right. this waiting for my biblical lesson. Biblical lesson. I'm not going into this expecting a biblical or right. or a political message. Well, there's going to be one. But like, I, I'm not looking for it to enlighten me necessarily. Yeah. That's like uh, I, I tangent here. I watched like the first episode or two of uh, Good Omens. I watched the pilot. Um very bizarre, but I, I like the concept. I think I could see where it could get funny, but I think it, it's got some weirdness to it. Mm-hmm. But it's just like that. Like you have the demon and the angel. They were like the first ones down here on Earth, and then they became like f- friends, but they were secret friends all throughout the millennia. Yeah. And 
now they're trying to stop the apocalypse or something. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good concept. Um, the pilot was strange. Yeah, er- uh, everything I- about it's a little strange. It's hard to like digest. I, I think I watched the second ep- episode because one, I just think David Tennant's a fa- fantastic yeah. actor, and I think he's just, <clears throat> especially in that show, he was he, he was really good with his part, and I, I just enjoy his mannerisms. Uh, his uh, counterpart, I can't think Michael of Michael Sheen. Um, which, uh, which on purpose comes off weird, and it's hard. It's hard for me to gravitate mm-hmm. towards. But anyway, yeah. side tangent. You know, Lucifer, good omens coming back to yeah. video games. Let's talk about Doom. Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to hell. Doom, Doom Two, and Doom Three available on Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. This story comes from Matt Perslow at IGN. At QuakeCon, id Software announced that Doom, Doom 2, and Doom 3 are now available on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and on mobile devices, marking the 25th anniversary of the influential first-person shooter classic. The 1993 original, which went on to practically define the FPS genre, comes with the Thy Flesh Consumed expansion. Oh, I thought that was a as typo. Well as local four pl- <laughs> it comes uh, with Thy Flesh uh, Consumed. <laughs> That flesh consumed expansion, as well as the local four player co op and deathmatch modes. Doom 2 is also available, once again featuring four player, multiplayer, and co op, uh, along with the master's levels, 20 additional levels created by the community under supervision from the original developers. Finally, you can also pick up 2004's Doom 3, which offers a survival horror ish take on the original Doom story. It includes both the Resurrection of Evil and Lost Mission expansion packs. Uh, the games were briefly available to be found on Nintendo eShop UK website, but the page was quickly taken down. As such, currently we only have access to UK pricing, which is $3.99 for Doom and Doom 2 and $7.99 for Doom 3. Doom and Doom 2 have been released on Android as well as an updated on iOS, priced at $4.99 each. And then I'm going to go ahead and go into this next one. Also, I truncated these a lot. There's a little bit more information on both of these uh, news articles, but this tells you the gist um bethesda says it will make doom re-release login requirement optional by joseph noop at ign on friday at quakecon bethesda and id software treated fans to surprise announcements that i just talked about unfortunately the positive reception to the new ports was dampened a little bit when it came to the parent that players were required to create and log into a bethesda.net account to play them after a day's worth of outcry, Bethesda has confirmed it is working on a way to make the login optional for all players. Sorry, the Bethesda net login requirement was included for the Slayers Club to where more members for playing the classic Doom games, Bethesda told IGN in a statement. The login should be optional, and we are working on, it, on changing the requirements to optional now. We will update everyone when a fix is ready. Doom, Doom 2, both required players to log in just once before accessing the games. But Doom 3 required players to log in each time in order to unlock all the features and content. The Slayers Club is Bethesda and its official fan club for Doom franchise. Members earn points. Let them unlock skins for Doom Slayer and the demons in Doom games as well as merch coupons. So Doom 1, Doom 2, Doom 3 come out. But there was a problem because you had to log in to Bethesda Net to play. Oh no. Take it away, Josh. I mean, this this just sounds like whining. Well, I thought so too. But maybe this the, is a maybe, perspective. Maybe the last game, I can understand. Like if if there's a if there's a problem getting logged in for some reason, um, or or like you know just throughout your day, 
or time playing the game. I don't know. I don't know if you have to be online every you know time to play these games or whatever. But maybe there's a problem somewhere down the way where you don't have access to internet, so you can't play Doom Three because you have to be logged well, in. But well, and I think I think that's really what the crux of the issue is because I was having I was hard pressed to be. I was like you know, I was just like this is the first time I heard the, the story too. But so yeah, I, well, well, and I was looking around and and I think the gist of it is that like. Especially if you have it on Switch, uh, you know, if you have to sign in every time, it, like basically, I feel like if it if it makes it a you have to be connected to the internet game. But Whereas, like with this, is it? Isn't that what Doom? I don't know. Hmm. Isn't that what Doom? Well, um, this is like the original Doom, like back in the day. Okay. Uh, single player. So I don't. They, I they just want Doom, to so. have. Well, neither did I, but I, I think the, the the idea is just that you should be able to have a contained experience sure. without having to be online. And I think that's really the issue that they ha- that this has to be, especially if you're in a Switch, if you're traveling, then that's going to be an issue. Why this is an issue for PS4 players or whatever, you know, you can go back to the argument of, well, what if you're in an area that doesn't have great now, I don't reception? Know. And then with, with Bethesda says uh, it was supposed to be optional. I don't know that it was supposed to be optional. I think they just wanted people to create Bethesda accounts, and so they could send them emails and things like that. And they're like, oh, it's not a big deal. They'll just create an account. So I, you know, because we just do that nowadays for everything you do. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know that it was supposed to be optional, but they're going to fix it. So Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's not a big story, but it's something that happened this week I wanted to talk about a little bit. It's just, you know, I, I don't know. Sure. Everyone's got their own sites. I, I avoid signing into the social club on Red Dead, but yeah, but I'm always logged into UPlay. That's true. So, and you get those nice UPlay points. And, and I and I uh, uh, log uh, and I signed up for the social uh, club. That way, I could send my like Red Dead pictures to my Twitter account and things like that. So, moving on, Sucker Punch writer reveals quote. The Order 1886 sequel from Sammy Barker at Push Square. Sucker Punch writer Jordan Lemos, 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 who's currently busy beavering away on Japanese samurai op- open worlder Ghost of Tsushima, quote revealed a sequel to the Order 1886 on a podcast this week. Given his position within the Worldwide Studios family, Reddit was quick to pick up on the story, prompting the scribe to clarify that he misunderstood a series of stories based on an interview that with creator. Uh, with creative director Ru Wirasuraya. Wirasur. That sounds good. <laughs> Quote Last I heard, they were actually doing a second one. Uh, he told our friends at the Gamer Heads podcast. Quote So I don't know if they were already in development and at, at the point. So they were like, well, let's keep just keep going and hoping the next one's better or people like it more, kind of thing. End quote. Uh, given the story has picked up so much steam over the past few hours, Lemos took to Twitter to explain that he has no access to inside information. I know nothing about a sequel, he said, before presenting screenshots of several slightly misleading stories on the subject. It's hardly a surprise, really. They were uh, There were likable things about the PS4 exclusives lore, but the project clearly invested far too much effort into the wrong areas. Uh, could there be... Uh, this is editorializing, so... I don't know. If he's he probably doesn't know anything. He probably heard at some point along the way, like he said, that they were workshopping a sequel or they wanted to do a sequel. But um, I doubt uh, Ready at Dawn. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was Ready at Dawn, right? Yeah, 
Um, they're doing really good in the VR space, and they've got a lot of things going. And um, Sony being where they're at uh, right now with super strong first-party games probably aren't going to dip back into 1886, even though it did have some promising story elements. I mean, tech-wise, tech it was a really pretty game. Um, Story-wise, it was very shallow, and it was very short. It was easy platinum. It was... You know, it had it had its problems. Uh, some of the combat was uh, not great. There was some werewolf combat that was weird. Um, but I thought this was a really strong uh, subject matter that or a subject area that they could expand upon. And now that they had the tech, they could really dive into something really interesting. But um, I, I I don't think where Sony's at today that they would go back to it with after God of War and Spider-Man and we have Last of Us 2 coming out and Death Stranding. I don't think they're going to go back to an, a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A week one. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I've never played the game uh, but I you know I'm always intrigued by if there's going to be more games. Um, but uh, a game that is coming out that we know of uh, Death Stranding uh, had some information that came out this week. Uh, Death Stranding character Hartman detailed in Hideo Kojima panel and new trailer. This is by Chloe Rad at IGN. Hideo Kojima and Nicholas Wending Refn, the director of Drive, Too Old to Die Young, uh, took the stage at Comic-Con 2019 to talk Death Stranding, storytelling, and more. Among the anecdotes shared was some new information on Refn's character, Hartman first revealed in Death Stranding's release date trailer, which debuted during PlayStation's pre-E3 2019 State of Play presentation. According to Kojima, Hartman has a unique heart, which stops every 21 minutes. He is hooked up to an an AED and occupies himself with music and film that can be consumed within that 21-minute window. Hopefully it's not an an IED. (laughs) Um, when he dies, he spends three minutes on the other side, searching for his family before being resurrected. Hartman dies 60 times a day. That's a, this is a really cool concept. Yeah. Uh, during the panel, Kojima also discussed how he reached out to work with Refn because he was a fan of his movies, Valhalla Rising and Drive in particular, but also because he wanted to meet Mads Mikkelsen, who stars in Valhalla Rising and will also play a major role of the character Cliff in Death Stranding. According to Kojima, when he mentioned his interest in casting Mickelson at Death Stranding, Refn actually recommended Keanu Reeves for the role instead. Refn joked that that would have been a threesome. And then there's a uh, Death Stranding box art that was also revealed. It's basically Norman Reedus and that little watcher uh, thing on his back. His little rain jacket. Uh, mm, yeah. Uh, staring off into the distance. There's two versions. I don't know if one's like the steel book and one's the... Yeah, that looks like a steel case. Uh, where he's like, Special one of them he's wearing a hood, and the other one he's really dirty. But he's looking the same way in both. So, mm-hmm. well, he's got all that oil stuff all yeah. over him or whatever from the yeah. trailers. Um, yeah, I think this character sounds really interesting. It sounds very Kojima-like. Um, I haven't played. I mean, I'm not a huge consumer of Kojima products. I could say I played a few hours of Metal Gear Solid Five, and that's probably all Kojima I've ever known. But it was weird, and this sounds like just so, like like something you someone you would have met in Metal Gear Solid. 5. Yeah. So. Oh, well, I mean, to me, this this little thing about this guy reminded me of Minute, <laughs> uh, where you just you yeah. have a minute to live, and you have to figure you have to move out. Well, he doesn't relive the same twenty one minutes, but yeah, his heart stops every twenty one minutes, and then he so every for twenty four minutes, 
he's got like a 24 minute life cycle and mm. he dies and it starts over, but it, the, he doesn't start over at, at the beginning. He just has 21 more minutes before he dies again uh. and desperately searching for his family and in uh, this on the other side. And yeah, so that'd be crazy. I would hate that. But yeah, uh, well, I guess at and, some point uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Uh, Say what? I said. I guess at some point you just get used to be like, all right, see you in a few minutes, and then. Yep. And uh, uh, basically, a iPod or whatever of music and film that can be consumed in twenty-one minutes. So he's not thinking about dying. Mm-hmm. He's watching the stuff and then just knocks mm-hmm. over. So he probably watches a lot of like Parks and Rec and like twenty minute or How I Met Your Mother. It's probably yeah one like that. Um, like you know, all that lasts. 20 minutes. Uh, cool. Um, and then, yeah, another, that might, would have been another opportunity for uh, Keanu Reeves to become, yeah, uh, uh, to hop into the gaming space, but uh, it looks like uh, Cyberpunk, uh, CD Projekt Red picked him up. You know, I thought that Emma Stone was supposed to be in Death Stranding. Uh, I've heard that. But I've not seen her name in there since. Like, no one's mentioned her since. Hmm. No, I've definitely heard Emma Stone being involved. Uh, not not for a while, like you said, but I mean, definitely heard it. It wouldn't make sense. I mean, you, you got all these Hollywood people. You know, uh, what's his name? Nicholas Reffing or Reffin. You have uh, Mads Mikkelsen. You have Guillermo del Toro. You have, and then Emma Stone. Yeah, Norman Reedus, and, and then Troy Baker. And Troy Baker. Yeah. Do you think you're gonna play this game when it comes out? I have no idea. I'll probably try it. I, I think I think it'll just just be too out there. I re- I like Norman Reedus, and I'm curious to see what Kojima does here, because I mean it's just weird, and th- it does nothing obviously to tell us how this game is. What what in the world this game is? Yeah. So. I'm interested to read the reviews. Because uh, like how is how are you going to review this game? I have no idea. Controversial uh, voice actor Chris Niosi will be replaced in Fire Emblem Three Houses by. Uh, this is from uh, Zach Zweizen from Kotaku. Nintendo plans to remove voice actor Chris Niosi from Fire Emblem Three Houses following accusations of abuse by former friends and girlfriends. He was previously replaced in the credits of a mobile spinoff uh, game, Fire Emblem Heroes. In a statement, Nintendo confirms that it will re-record N- Niosi's voiceovers and add new voices in a future patch. Uh, Chris Niosi, a well-known voice actor, has been in TV shows and games such as OK Co., Okay, KO. Okay, KO. And Octopath Traveler. He voices the character Byleth in Fire Emblem Three Houses and Fire Emblem Heroes. Over the last week, allegations arose accusing Neosi of sexual harassment and abuse. Uh, Neosi admitted on his personal Tumblr that he had treated people in his life horribly and had abused friends. His post contained detailed individual apologies to multiple people, going into some detail about his actions. Neosi's voice credit was recently removed from Fire Emblem Heroes character page with a new trailer uh, showing voice actor Zach Aguilera, Aguilar, Aguilar. instead. In a statement sent to Kotaku, Nintendo confirmed it was removing Neosi from Heroes and Three Houses and re-recording his lines with a new voice actor. Quote, after assessing the situation, we decided to re-record the character's voiceovers in Fire Emblem th- Three Houses and Fire Emblem Heroes with another actor. The new voiceovers will be included in the future patch. Uh, no date was given for what, when to expect these patches or who the no, new voice actor for Fire Emblem Three Houses will be. 
Well, I'll say it's good for them for being on it. And uh, it's also interesting that it's not very, this is one of those stories where it's not a, he said, she said thing. It's like, she said, and he's like, you know what? Yep, I did. And so, I mean, it, it made it pretty easy. I don't know. I mean, I didn't read the Tumblr post or whatever. I think it's important to talk about, though, as we, you know, yeah. get more of these stories out there. Um, I think it's, I mean, not to give him credit, but he did, you know, own up to it. And, you know, at least he's not running from it or trying to fight it or, you know. Yeah. It, it always. Trying to cast it always, doubt on these people. Yeah. Exactly. So. So. Um, good on people for speaking up about it. You know about the problems, you know about the abuses. Um, obviously, there's, I mean, there's not much else we could say about that. So yeah. Um. All right. Next, uh, all free EA access games available on PS4. Uh. So this is not really a. This is just a, a bit that we pulled. It's not a full story or anything. But I wanted to follow up on a on the conversation we had last week about UPlay. I was I made this discovery today while I was looking at the story. It was like, you know, we we kind of talked a little down about UPlay last week, and I was like, but we've been excited about EA Access, but we haven't even looked to see what their price was. And so I'm like, well, we're we're screwed if if it's fourteen ninety nine because I wonder if we would feel the same way, and we hadn't even thought about it. But then we looked, and it is four ninety nine, which is the same as what Josh said, the monthly rate for UPlay should be. So, yep. uh, so I wanted to clarify that and also be like, yeah, EA's doing something. And and to, and, and to po- point out that even if EA Play or EA Access was $14.99, I, I don't think it would be worth it mm-hmm. either. That's fair, yeah. Like, like, like my thread from last week, I don't think a single developer or publisher would be worth a $14.99 a month when you can rent Netflix for $14.99 a month or mm-hmm. uh, basically Amazon Prime or you can get thousands of songs on Spotify for 9.99 a month. So, I don't think a single publisher is worth a 14.99 uh price amount. But 4.99 especially if you're only into one, you know, publisher or if you're like more uh, games from this publisher than that publisher is is definitely a a, a more palatable price. Yeah. Uh but I I won't read well, it's not a huge list. Uh these are all the free ones on EA Access games uh, on PS4. A Way Out, Battlefield 1, Battlefield 4, Hardline, and 5. Burnout Paradise Remastered, Dragon Age Inquisition, Fee or Fae, FIFA 15 through 19, Madden NFL 15 through 25. <laughs> there, is it yeah. supposed to be 20? No, uh, it, it goes to Madden 25, the 25 anniversary. Oh. But it's it's Madden 15, 16, 17, 8, and 25. Okay. And uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, NBA Live 15 through 19, Need for Speed, Need for Speed Payback, Need for Speed Rivals, NHL 15 through 19, Pe- Peggle 2, Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare, and Garden Warfare 2, Rory, Rory McIlroy's PGA Tour, Star Wars Battlefront, Battlefront 2, Titanfall 2, The Sims 4, UFC, UFC 2, UFC 3, Unravel, and Unravel 2. A lot of good games on there for four ninety nine a month. If you missed any of these games, it might be worth like, it. Like I would, I, I mean, would play a way out my, for def- five bucks. A way out, Burnout Paradise, just to go back and play with that. Dragon Age Inquisition was an IGN yeah, uh, game of the year. The year it came out, it was fine. I, I mean, you don't, you didn't care for Dragon Age really that much either. So I really liked the original Dragon Age. I didn't play anything else, but um, <clears throat> um, 
people uh there are some people that still say that mass effect andromeda is worth playing i watched nick play it and it was just i couldn't handle watching it it was so bad but maybe the game is fine the dialogue wasn't good the imagery wasn't good i don't know what to tell you um if you like the sports games you get basically all the sports games you could ever want even even golf um battlefront battlefront 2 i have to say what you know as much crap as we give the battlefront games the first one for being content light and then the second one for the microtransaction debacle like i played the story mode and even the story mode wasn't great wasn't like fantastic star wars story i thought uh, it looked incredible. Mm-hmm. Like there were some instances where it looked like we, I was just in the movies. Like it, there was just so the scenery was just very well done. Yeah. So I, I I was impressed with how it looked. Um, and it was fine. It was a fine storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titanfall two, really good storyline. Short. You can play. I think I beat it in six yeah. hours, like or less. So, uh, you you can totally get through that. It plays really fun. And some people really liked the campaign. I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I would, I would, I would maybe do it for The Sims Four, um, just because I've been wanting to get back into a Sims game, but I don't want to dedicate a whole lot of time to it. So, like, getting it for I don't know if I want to play a Sims game on a console though. I, I don't know. My my computer's not strong enough for it. So, yeah, I I killed a computer computer one time with the the Sims. Yeah, I think it was The Sims Four. Might have been three, but uh, Friday. Uh, power supply unit oh well good job <laughs> um but i did want to talk that was the last time i did the big upgrade because it fried the power supply unit and my cpu so i had to and the motherboard so i had to do all, oh you know, well. it was it was an ordeal uh but i did want to talk about a game i've been playing which is like almost a year too late maybe maybe eight months too late but uh i don't know if i talked about it last week much but i've been playing red dead redemption 2 um I checking back in on the my, Red Dead Redemption. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I finally, I think it was also because of our Red Dead conversation last week, uh, and it's been coming up more and more lately. Um, I'm like, man, I really mm-hmm. need to get back into that game because because I do love it. I, I do love exploring the world. It's the weirdest thing. Um, it's to me playing that game. When I think about it, it's like a chore. It's like. I gotta go in and finish, but then once I play, I'm having a really good time. But then every, every yeah. day, it's the same mindset. I think I just know how much time it's gonna suck for me, and I just have to be okay with that. Um, but though, though yesterday I was getting really tired of it because it was like um, there was a certain point I had to go, but there was I just got this letter from somebody, and I had to go all the way down to the bottom of the map to do their story. But it wasn't the main story, and for some reason, I can't just pop over there. So, I I rode. Well, you couldn't. You couldn't. You couldn't use a stagecoach. No. To even get close, man. Um, and so I I tried to steal a train, but there was no trains coming through. I was like, come on. Anyway, so um, I just put it in cinematic mode and let it ride for. It felt like ten minutes to get there, and then yeah, and then I had to go back up because because I was up. This is the thing I was telling you earlier before the podcast. So I'm getting to the point in the game where I'm afraid to start main missions because I don't know when it'll lock out some of my side missions. So that was the thing. I was I was right next to the city for the next mission, but the side quest was all the way down past Saint Denis or uh, by roads. 
is where the side mission was by okay. Rhodes. I was going to just do the main mission first, but I'm like, but what if this is the one that I can't come back from? I, 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 I just, you know, there's games where you just, you know, you just walk into it. Fine, I'll do it. So I rode down and then I kind of ride all the way back up. And, and then sometimes it spits mm-hmm. you out in places that you don't even know why you're there. But I have really enjoyed the game. Uh, and without being too spoilery, mainly because if it take, if it's taken me this long to get through this game, this game I'm sure I'm not the only one. Sure. Uh, when I first started the game, this is all I say. When I first started the game, uh, the first several hours of playing it, I was having a hard time finding the redemption part of this game. I never had a hard time finding it in the first game, but this one, I was having a hard time finding it. But I found it, or I, I'm seeing it now better. I've never, I've never disliked my character or anything, but like yeah. you know, I was having, I was just having a hard time finding that part that was like, whereas the redeeming qualities of. Uh, my character yeah and so i'm I'm definitely starting to find them and it's getting to a point where i'm like oh man but i um i'm definitely excited to hop off here and and <laughs> and play some uh there was something we were talking about something a lot before the show and we're like we need to save it um i don't know if it was red dead related um i have a feeling it was but i totally forgot um, Red Dead. Well, again, I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but oh well, I said this to my friend the other day that playing Red Dead is like reading John Steinbeck, which I've not done a whole lot of, but the one novel I've tried to read, East of Eden, is huge. It is a huge, huge book, and Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm reading a book when I'm playing this game, not in a bad way either. Like just the intricacies and details are so fascinating, Yeah, but it's also like I'm in this, in a certain way I've started to like hear Arthur's voice in my head, him thinking about experiences that were going on, even if he hasn't said anything or just in his tone of voice or just in the way start people, people start reacting to him when he walks by and stuff. I can hear him thinking, or I can, I can read, I can see the passage being written as, you know, I don't want to be like, Oh, Arthur walks into the, but you know, uh, it, it has yeah. that poetic, like detailed feeling to it that I really like. Um, so yeah, what's really, what, what's really cool is once you get towards like when you know you're at the end of the game, um, there's a chance to read his journal because mm-hmm. Arthur keeps a journal throughout the game. And for, for a while I was keeping up with it, but it just got to the point where I just wasn't reading it. I couldn't, you really ought to take the time to go through his journal at the, at the end of the game. Cause there's some really cool and interesting stuff. I still haven't gotten all the way through it, but there's just so much stuff. And it's just really interesting to see this, this interesting side of uh, Arthur mm-hmm. um, through his journal. Yeah. So. And you know, I, I was uh, talking to my friend who was over today uh, about the game, and he we we were both talking about open world games and what it's like to have to do all of the stuff. And I have decided, you know, when I first got the game, I was going to dedicate myself to, you know, getting all the legendary animals and getting all the cool costumes. Eventually, I'm just like, fuck it, I'm not doing that. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not going to try to live in this world like I thought I wanted to. Um, just because there's so much, th- so much to do, like, so like, where am I supposed to find these damn bi- dinosaur bones? Like, yeah. I like I've I've walked this world. 
a hundred times and I've not seen. I found one. I found one. No, I mean the one. I found the one that you start off with. No, I, no, I found I found one after that. Mm. And 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 just certain things like that. Oh, will you get me this? And so I'm like, eh. and then there's one point where you you you're supposed to start looking for like cave paintings or something. Yeah. One one of the side missions, like, hey, will you start looking for cave paintings? I'm like, no, I'm not looking for dinosaurs. I'm not looking for cave paintings. I'm not looking for aliens. Like, I, I like I've been all over this map, up and down, left and right, and I don't get it. Yeah. Though <laughs> so I did, I happened across. You know, sometimes you'll go up to something that looks interesting to Arthur and he'll sketch it. Yeah. I found another one of those and it looked, it looks like someone was starting to build Mount Rushmore. Hmm. Well, well, I don't think it was that because I, I, I looked up and I saw like a, like a home looking structure, but it was on like this rocky cliff. And I'm like, what, what is up there? And I kept trying to, to climb up and I couldn't find a way. So I went around and I finally found my way up and I had to like shimmy and hop to get up there. Mm-hmm. But then when I did, it was actually something I was supposed to be able to see. You walk up and you see this face, uh, but it kind of looks like a woman. And it's like, okay, so maybe it's not Mount Rushmore. And then you climb down this ladder and you see a guy who's hung himself. And so I shot him down like, because I was going to loot him. <laughs> uh, and then when you loot him, you find a letter. And the letter talks about him committing suicide. And he was, he was putting the girl that he loved into the earth. Um but then stopped because apparently she ran off and fucked some other dude. It, it was just a really neat moment. I, I like when you just happen across things, but I don't want to have to do stuff yeah. that I don't already have to do. There was a moment early on, like really early in the game, when I came across a murder scene. Oh, yeah, yeah you told me about this. This this serial killer scene. And you, you like you climb down this these train tracks down like under underneath, and you look up and they got like, this this torso just hanging up and there's like blood everywhere and there's a head staked to the wall or whatever and there's there's like a, a some kind of writing on the wall and i guess it's this continual arc because what it, what had happened was you could see the little dot on on mm. the map the little white dot on the map and then you saw it x out on on the on on the mini map like he died and so I was like, what was that? So I go over there and there's this, this dude strung up under those train tracks. I mm. never saw another one of those in the entire time I played that game. Yeah. There's just little moments like that that are really cool. And like, I would have liked to see more of that kind of stuff, but the game was so huge. I think that that pulled back on me wanting to do that kind of stuff. I was talking to my friend, John. We were talking about open world games and then he was also talking about Spider-Man. He's like, in Red Dead, he hated doing all the other stuff. Like he hated the, he didn't hate exploring, but he just didn't enjoy exploring. But in Spider-Man, that's all he did was swing around. But he said he didn't like in Spider-Man how it told you when crimes were happening. Like he said, he thought it would be really cool. He's like, the one thing I do like about Red Dead is like, you'll just run up and happen across some guy getting chased by another guy. And you don't have any context for what's happening. All you know is that someone's being chased and you don't know if they're good or bad. Or someone's getting strapped to a horse or whatever. Like I was, he he said he would like to see something like that in Spider Man, where instead of yeah. you getting a blip, that's like oh, there's a crime over here. It's like what happens if what would happen if you just happened across crime as yeah. you're swinging, and and you don't have context, you don't know if it's a robbery, you don't know if it's a kidnapping, you just know something bad's happening. And I think like I think like, would... like he did in Far From Home, where he uh, he webbed the dude to the car, and he's like, it's my car. <laughs> yeah, well, that was Homecoming, but you know, it's fine. what would I say? Far from home. Oh, I didn't see Far from Home, so I, I was gonna say yeah. I don't think you've seen that one yet. 
Uh, but, but, but yeah, like going going across situations like that. <laughs> yeah, I just think that I think with Spider Man is it was a more contained. I mean, the the map's not nearly as big as what Red Dead did. No, no, uh, but and the variety of things are much less. Whereas Red Dead was almost like a, it, it was just a cowboy simulator. So I mean, it's just like you know in real life, you might come across someone getting robbed or someone getting strung up, and you may never see the end of that story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially back then, there's not as much like news travel doesn't travel as fast. And we were talking the, you know, the, that takes place over across from at least what, from Washington state to, you know, Wyoming to New Orleans to Kentucky. Like that, the, the area of that map is so huge. It makes sense that you wouldn't see everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I never collected enough pelts to do really anything. I, you know, there was just so much of the, the, those side stuff I didn't do because it was one, it was just a pain to get across the map. You know, I, re- I appreciated it, but there was no fast travel system. And I think that made the map so large that it was, it was a detriment to want to go into it further. Now, you know, maybe if the game come out 15 years ago when there wasn't as many games out and, you, you know, I was younger, I had more time to play, I might have spent more time doing the other stuff as well. But I was able to do all the stuff in Spider-Man because it was a more contained experience. Yeah, I think I think there's a there's a happy medium. But we are getting close to out of time. So I want to talk yeah. about the games coming out next week if you want to read through those and then we'll be out of here. Sure. So out this week, the Blackout Club comes to PC, PS4, and Xbox One on July 30th. A Mutant Year Zero, Seed of Evil, PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch on July 30th. Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown, ADFX 01 Morgan DLC comes out July 31st. Crystal Defense comes to PC July 31st. Fortnite Season 10, PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch on August 1st. Dry Drowning. Sounds horrible. Awful. Comes to PC August 2nd. Madden 20 comes to PC, PS4, Xbox One August 2nd. Age of Wonders, Planetfall, PC, PS4, and Xbox One on August 6th. And Metal Wolf Chaos XD for yeah. PC, PS4, Xbox One, and that's August 6th. All right, and that's the show. Remember, Where Gaming Weekly posts every Tuesday. I've changed it to Tuesday. I didn't say at the top of the show. On YouTube.com and on podcast services, we will hopefully in the future, unless my job changes it, we'll be recording on, on Sundays, like today. And then I will spend it all you know do all my stuff on monday post it on tuesday you'll see teasers out we started doing teasers i hope you like those i mm. thought they were kind of cool uh, i think they're really neat yeah um so uh that last one was really truncated like you weren't joking like they, they, it was it was yeah really good well i think well i'll talk about this off the air anyway so uh so and try to get your questions in um throughout the week after tuesday or just before Sunday, uh, and we'll get those in. And then, of course, you can tweet to me. You can tweet to us at we're gaming underscore. You can tweet to me at Speak Nicholas. And you can tweet to me at Jaws1015. And until next time, say goodbye, Nick. Goodbye, Nick.